This is the Irishman, Englishman and Scotsman football podcast. Uh, how are you doing, lads? Grant. All good. Yeah, good. Good. Good to have you back. Big week of football ahead. Uh, Manchester City are the new champions. As predicted, it was only a matter of time. Uh, the Man-, Man United were beaten last night by Leicester, giving the title to City, who are now in the Champions League final. Uh, they've won the League Cup and the Premier League, all without having a recognised striker. Tonight at quarter past nine, Stamford Bridge, another Champions League final team. Chelsea uh, hosts Arsenal. Arsenal have nothing to play for. Chelsea, I still think they need maybe a point to guarantee that, that Champions League spot. And they will, of course, have one eye on Saturday's FA Cup final as well. Fino. Yeah, I still think Chelsea have everything to play for. Um, but I also think that they'll win pretty comfortably here. They'll all but confirm the Champions League and then they'll start to focus on the couple of finals. And actually, I think that this is an opportunity for them to really pile on the pressure uh, on Arteta again. Um, because I think, you know, I think he probably has to be the favourite for the sack race next season. I think he'll be given the summer, but, you know, he's been complaining about his players in the press not giving their all. It's just really not a good look for them at the moment. And yeah, as I say, I think they'll give him the summer to try sort it out, but he's on the shakiest of pegs. Yeah, I think the Europa League was a lifeline and that's gone. And it went with a wimp. You know what I mean? It really was disastrous against Villarreal. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is, if Arteta is, you know, the next big name for the sack. I, th- I think he's going to be in more trouble, yeah, after after this game. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, look, looking at Chelsea, I, I think they need more than a point, right? I think they I think they need another win, and maybe you know, but yeah, this this win will make them make them pretty secure. I think they, they'll be nervy. There's still there's still I mean, just clutching at straws here as a Liverpool fan, but I think you know, yeah, they probably just need one more. But I do think they'll get it. Yeah, I think though if there is anyone that are they're going to worry Chelsea, Kev, it is Liverpool with that game in hand, you know. And if they do slip up, it's it's possible. It all, of course, depends on uh, Thursday night kicking off at seven o'clock at Villa Park, Aston Villa, who have nothing to play for against Everton, who if they win would see them uh, in joint fifth place at West Ham, and surely they 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 have their eyes on a Europa League spot final. Yeah, look, they're still as on track for Europe as West Ham are. I actually thought they were incredibly stout defensively. I said last week that I thought it was going to be, you know, goal after goal after goal. It was the total opposite. They nicked one chance and then sat back and soaked up a ton of pressure against West Ham. I would expect a similar show against Villa. Obviously, they've not got Watkins. Um, Villa don't really have an awful lot to play for. I think Everton are still a very dark horse for, uh, for um, European football. Right, Finno, your audio is a little bit dodgy there, man. It's fine. I'm recording myself, so. Okay, Joe. <laughs> I think um, I think Villa may be a little bit disappointed. Obviously, they were up in the Europa League places, weren't they, for so long? And now it's looking like they probably won't even finish in the top ten. I think Leeds are probably going to pip them on they to that tenth spot. Um, I think Everton as well. I think obviously having. Calvert Lewin, who really has got something to play for, because he really, really wants to force his way into Gareth Southgate's Euro squad. And I saw he was back in the goals last week. I think when he's in form, Everton is such a stronger team, aren't they? So I think um, he'll score a cup in this one. I think Everton will beat Villa. Yeah, they're very Jekyll and Hyde all season, though Everton. I mean, they're flying, and then you expect them, you know, to beat someone like Newcastle, for example, and they lose, and then they come back and have. A great result again, but fair play to Angelotti. He's got them playing 
nice football and I agree with you Joe I think they will uh, beat Villa and it'll make it a somewhat exciting end for the season for those European places you know seeing that the title race is already over huge game at Old Trafford at quarter past nine on Thursday night Man United against Liverpool this is normally a Sunday game it's prime time but because of what happened at Old Trafford with the fans um, a few weeks ago it's postponed to tomorrow night now Man United lost to Leicester Kev, they've come in for a lot of flack. Solskjaer has resting in a lot of players, you know, disrespecting the Premier League. United have got a Europa League final to play for. They knew that they're playing Champions League football next season. Um, Liverpool must win this game. Yeah. Um, I, I, I I haven't seen how much stick that, that United and Solskjaer have been getting, but I don't think he had much choice really did he I mean it's like uh, how many games in how many days sorry I don't, I don't have that I don't have that, to have that to hand but you know three games in a week or whatever it is um, you know he had to he, he had to rest the players you just you just can't do it unfortunate from a Liverpool point of view but I mean what can you do you know Liverpool have been shocking for most of the season so you know the fact that they're still in it is amazing still in the race for the for the Champions League is absolutely amazing they, anyway they do have to win it I don't think they will um, I think it, it's a very tricky game with United back, back playing their first choice team. Um, it's a good, good test for Klopp to see if he's like, you know, can kind of still rouse the, the team for something like this. But, you know, the injuries are still there. I think Kabak is out now again. So he's forced into that, you know, really weird centre back partnership that no one could have predicted at the start of the season. You know, there, there are not many positives uh, for Liverpool. Although I suppose that I think they're unbeaten in about six. Four wins, two draws, something like that. Should have been six wins actually, because they did throw away the points in those two games. So obviously they're slightly better than they were, but well, just can't see it. Yeah, there's no doubt Liverpool. You know the form has definitely improved without uh, and injuries. You know haven't helped, but Man United, of course, would not love nothing better than to uh, to stop Liverpool. You know making the top four next season, and which might you know force them to sell some of their players then if it comes down to money for not making the Champions League. Uh, who have you got on this one, Fino? Well, I was hoping that Man United might do West Ham a turn last night with the, the Leicester game, but as soon as I saw the lineup with 10 changes made, I'm firmly in a Liverpool camp for this one. I'm <laughs> definitely backing them, even if it is going to go against West Ham. But I think the fans, or Solskjaer owes it to the fans to really get a performance because I think the the level of changes that they made last night wasn't what the fans expected. Okay, there. I think it's four games in seven days, but but yeah, with or without Maguire, I think they need to need to put on a performance for the fans. Joe, so obviously, um, Liverpool beat Southampton two 0 a few days ago, but they really weren't actually that good at all. Um, and there was this incredible stat from that game. So Sadio Mane scored. And it was the first time all season that Salah and Mane had combined for a goal. So those two had not um, assisted each other all season, which is extraordinary when you think about it, how amazing those two players are. But they've just been really kind of off the boil together as a partnership for a while now, haven't they? They, they really have, yeah. And uh, he, obviously, football teams are complicated things. And, he, you know, us on the outside, we can't really say. But, you know, Mane you know, has been in shocking form all season, right? He's just been absolutely disastrous for Liverpool this year. Um, still working hard, you know, as we've, as we've pinpointed in the past, still gives absolutely everything, but it's been, it's been painful to watch uh, at some point. So I don't know if the, you know, some people will read into it that their relationship is not good. You know, no idea, to be honest. But I think, I think it probably is just managed. Just, oh, it's just been in shocking form. And it's going to be one of the really interesting things about next season is, can he come back? 
you know, it, will, we, will we see that player, you know, who we saw at Liverpool and, uh, and Southampton before that and excited us all so much, is that player still in there? And uh, that's one of, that, that really is a huge question for next year. Just a question for you, Kev. So if one of the big three is to go, Mane, Firmino or Salah, do you think Mane will be the one? I think uh, probably at the moment. But it's weird, isn't it? Because this time last year, you know, Real Madrid was supposedly interested. You know, huge sums of money were being talked about. And, that, and now who knows, you know, is, is anyone going to pay the sort of money that you'd, that you'd hope to get for an asset like that? If Liverpool don't think that they can get, you know, a decent amount of money, they may decide that they that they that they keep hold of him. You know, um, I, I I suspect Klopp, being the old softy that he is, uh, will probably want to keep Firmino. So yeah, if if one of them goes, you'd probably say that the, that that Mane is the favourite. On to St James's Park Friday night at nine o'clock, where you can feel the relief <laughs> from here in Salzburg. Newcastle United are finally safe against Manchester City, who are champions. Uh, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but Newcastle are safe with a few games to go. I thought they were absolutely fantastic against Leicester. It tore them apart, unbelievable performance. And then, you know, almost threw it away, conceding two late goals in typical Newcastle fashion. Uh, there's no Callum Wilson for this one. He's been ruled out for the rest of the season. He did his job. Um, you know, I think Newcastle might might give a few players, Andy Carroll and Young Anderson, a go here. So I also think Man City, who are just crowned champions, preparing for a Champions League final, will um, you know, will rest a few players as well. Uh, this this game should Man City should win this game, but the form Newcastle are in, you just you just never know, and, it, and it's baffling because in a huge game at home against Arsenal two weeks ago, Newcastle were second best in every single position on the on the pitch. And then fast forward to the Leicester game when they ripped them apart. It was, it was fantastic. And now, now the, you know, the talk is Steve Bruce, who's been saying all season, look, we've been lucky with injuries. We'll be okay. He, he was right in what he's saying that, you know, Wilson, Maxine came back, huge difference. But Matt Ritchie also wasn't picked. Dubravka came back. Huge, 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 uh, huge change of fortunes to the team. So results have been bad, but it has coincided with the injuries. I I would like to see him go, and I think somebody else could do a better job or give Graham Jones the chance. But I think that he's uh, basically signed his contract for next season. All Mike Ashley wanted was Newcastle to stay up. Kev? I was just wondering, I was going to ask you a question, JP, just from your, as a fan. So you're 4-0 up, then the first goal goes in against you on what? About 80, 80th minute, something like that? Yeah, 79. At what, yeah. yeah, at what point, do, or was there a point where you thought, Oh no! Here we go. We could. This could end in a draw. Uh, I think, to be honest, like he took off, he took off three of the the guys who were on fire and brought on, you know, three guys who, who weren't really playing. And I understand that, you know, give them a rest and give these guys game time. But when the second goal went in, I was biting my nails, looking at that clock, and you know, even when it came down to the injury time, when the board went up, you know, please God, just you know, knock it off, and, and like. Leicester gave it a right old go. They really did in the end, but we let them do it in, in typical Newcastle fashion. Similar to the West Ham game, but we went up there a few weeks ago and, and let them come back into the 2-2. But uh, delighted to say, yeah, Premier League football again next season. Congratulations to Man City. What, what a feat, really. Winning the league with a few games to spare without a, a recognised striker. Has, you know, Pep Guardiola reinvented this possession-based football? I don't know if we can say that quite yet I think the main 
his main goal, as I, and I said at the start of the season, is the Champions League. And we'll see whether or not he can make a difference in the Champions League. Obviously, getting them to the final is a big deal. But yeah, I mean, playing without a, a, a recognized striker, he did still play with Jesus. He still did play with Aguero in certain times. So yes, the majority of their season was played without somebody who would categorically call a goal scorer but goals chipped in from everywhere Foden had a great season Mares has a brilliant last couple of months so I think it'll be interesting to see I think his legacy will depend on how they get on um with this Champions League final against Chelsea yeah it'll be an, it'll be an interesting final all right Finno. I mean Chelsea kind of had their number in recent weeks you know beating them in the league and beating them in the uh, the FA Cup semi-final so Chelsea are in form and it could be could be a cracking final but um yeah, Kevin De Bruyne as well has been absolutely awesome. And, you know, they're really impressive at the back, really miserly at the back. You know, John Stones and, and uh, you know, the whole back four, even Walker, who I don't really rate much, hasn't had a good season. Uh, moving on to Saturday, half past one, Burnley, big win at Craven Cottage. They're safe against Leeds United. For me, one of the teams of the season, they're on 50 points. What a season they've had. These Both these teams, you know, are safe now. Obviously, Leeds were looking for a no game of football and my back leads to, to win again Joe yeah definitely I was I was another one who was definitely cheering on Burnley against Fulham the other day um, and I think Sean Dye said that it was his biggest achievement in football keeping Burnley up this season obviously that they started really poorly but the, the, they've done amazing and the, the player who's kind of caught my eye the last few weeks is uh, Chris Wood and I was reading a stat uh, over the last four seasons He's scored 10 or more goals in each in each season, which is a fantastic return, I think, for a striker in the Premier League. We've talked so much about teams, Fulham, Brighton, who can't find a striker. And, you know, he's done fantastically. But I think you would think that now they're safe. They probably um, won't be, you know, won't be fully at the races. And I think Leeds really, really want to finish in that top 10. So I think Leeds will have more to play for. They were fantastic against Tottenham. Absolutely brilliant. And I back and then to carry on their form here. Uh, Southampton next, Joe, four o'clock against Fulham. Uh, Fulham, of course, we just said were just relegated a few days ago. Danny Ings is back, back among the goals. But is this at the wrong time? Like, you know, in the sense that I'm delighted to say Maxime is back for Newcastle, but also I'm worried because it puts him in the shop window. Are you also worried possibly that Danny Ings, you know, he scores a few goals in these next few games that someone will definitely come in in the summer and say, look, proven Premier League goal scorer, snap him up. I'm not actually too worried. So all the talk around Danny Ings is that he only wants to leave if he will go to a Champions League club. And I think, I don't think he's scored enough goals this season to merit a move to a Champions League club. He's been injured a lot. And unfortunately with Danny Ings, he is going to be injured at various points throughout the season. Um, so I, if he'd have had another season like he did last year, then I would have thought maybe someone would come in for him. But I'm just not convinced that he's been good enough consistently this season, uh, you know, to get one of those big moves. So I actually think that he will stay. Um, he, he was brilliant against Palace. We're a completely different team when he's in it, I think if he'd have been in the team when we played against Liverpool, we may have got a point. We had so many chances. Um, he's just so, so important to us. Um, I think 
we'll beat Fulham. I actually think we may have a good end to the season. I think we may beat Fulham. I think we may beat West Ham on the last day of the season. Um, I just think we've got some of our big players back and we look to be playing with a lot more, you know, confidence now we know that we are safe in the league. I think, I yeah. think that's the thing, Joe. I think you'll look at the end of the season, you know, the tail of the table is going to make it look like it, it, it was a bit of a nothing season, isn't it? Because you're probably going to finish about 10, 15, maybe, maybe 15 points above the relegation places in a, you know, in sort of pretty reasonable position. But what a season it was, right? Because let's not forget just how amazing Southampton were for that opening part of the season. And then how, how scared you were you know, or maybe scared's not the word, but honestly, no, I guess no Southampton fans were, were taking the relegation threat lightly three or four weeks ago, you know, so it's, it's weird that it's when the table sort of lies a bit, isn't it, you know? Yeah, so before the Crystal Palace game, Southampton had taken eight points from a possible 51, which is absolutely horrific when, it, when you consider that six of those points came against Sheffield United and Burnley, I think. We were just losing every single week and think um similar to you know Danny Ings I think Ralph Hasenhuttle as well will probably end up staying as well because I don't think any other club is going to come in and take him it seems like halfway through the season he'd have been in the hat for the Spurs job or you know one of these these bigger jobs but he's just not being mentioned at all now because you know he's lost 9-0 twice as Saints manager taking the team on a run of eight points out of 51. I don't think, you know, he's going to end up going anywhere. So it's going to be really interesting what we do this summer. We need we need to strengthen the squad, you know, significantly. Um, and I'm hoping next season won't be quite so, you know, roller coaster. Hopefully it's a bit more consistent next season. He did get you to the top of the league, like Kev said, and you've also went on a decent cup run, you know, to the FA Cup semi-final, which wasn't too bad for Southampton. Big game for West Ham, uh, nine o'clock on Saturday night final. Brighton, West Ham. Brighton lost to Wolves. West Ham have to really win this. And I think it would be a shame if you didn't make even the Europa League spot after the season you've had. Yeah, look, I think whilst rigor mortis hasn't really set in on the, the Champions League dream just yet, it is pretty much dead. Um, and I think it's really unfortunate the way that we played against Everton. We were too nervous. We were too slow. Um, and Everton, yeah, they, they made us pay. But it's been making me think, it's making me reflect on who West Ham are as a team and they're probably exactly where they're supposed to be. I think they're a decent team. They're no better or worse than a team like Everton. They're just having a better than usual season. Um, as you said, I think this is a must-win game. Really, those three wins from three are a must. Um, it's. I would like to think that we are close or we're high enough off the table to, to maybe finish sixth or fifth um, and guarantee Europa League football. If we don't get Europa League football, I think the West Ham fans will call it a bit of a failure of a season, which is a bit short-sighted given where we were just 12 months ago. Yeah, fans can be fickle like that. I do remember Newcastle had a similar season under Alan Pardew when you know, they were in the race for the Champions League. Did finish fifth, got to Europa League, didn't have the, you know, the funds to, to spend out on a, on a decent enough squad to cope with the Premier League and, and the Europa League and drop down the table the next season. So maybe, you know, it's not the worst thing if you, if you don't make it and, you know, maybe he will, the owner will invest more then. And well, on the other side, you know, you want to keep your big players and will they stay if you're not in Europe? Yeah, it's a tough one. I think Rice looks like he's probably going to stay. Lingard, there's chat that Nice are looking to offer him a hundred grand a week to, to go to France. Um, Man United obviously want to use Lingard as some sort of make weight for some uh, summer deal, but 
But yeah, you're right. I think we were talking about Danny Ings there. I think if West Ham did get to the Champions League, he would be that perfect, you know, replacement for that number nine role that we've not really had aside from Antonio. But now that that, de- uh, now that, that dream is sort of dead, I think that that's also dead in the water. Just staying with Danny Ings, uh, Joe, do you think Leicester could be a move for him if they make the Champions League? Potentially, but I think, you know, Vardy just seems to be getting better and better every season. Um, and I think with the emergence of Iheanacho as well, I'm not sure, you know, is Danny Ings a 100% starter for that Leicester team? I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, I think it will also depend on what happens to Brendan Rodgers. I wouldn't surprise me if Brendan Rodgers leaves and goes to, uh, you know, to Tottenham. Um, and Danny Ings, like I said, Danny Ings has said all along, he'll only leave if it's a Man City, a United or a Liverpool. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he would go to Leicester, to be honest. But you never know. Okay, Sunday, uh, four game kicking off at Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace against Aston Villa, one o'clock. Kind of a nothing game, really. Both these teams have nothing to play for. They're safe and the season's over. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot more to say about this, is there, lads? Okay. <laughs> uh, White Hart Lane at uh, three o'clock. Tottenham against Wolves. Spurs have been one of the disappointments of the season. You know, Gareth Bale came. I mean, they spent money and we really expected big things from Spurs. But uh, yeah, I mean, the loss to to Zagreb in the Europa League and then, you know, the League Cup final defeat to Man City didn't even seem like they even tried. Um, yeah, Brendan Rodgers could, could be, could be uh, you know, could be the new man in at Tottenham. Fino. I don't think so. Why would you go to Tottenham when you've got the Champions League at Leicester? It seems like that Leicester team is tailor-made for Rodgers. And I actually think that Tottenham probably don't want Rodgers. They probably want someone who they can mould a bit more and have a a kind of a longer-term process with. So I'm thinking probably a Graham Potter or even a Scott Parker could be at the top of their list. I know there's also chat about Roberto Martinez wanting back into club football. Interestingly enough, I actually thought that this could be Nuno's job interview for Spurs, but I think it's just come a bit too late. They're really not playing very well, and I would expect Spurs still to win here, but I don't think Ryan Mason's going to be able to do enough to to get the job full-time. No, Ryan Mason is not the the household name that Spurs fans want or Daniel Levy wants either. Uh, Wolves have had a pretty disappointing season, you know, compared to what they did last season. Uh, Yeah, I'll go for a Spurs win as well. Liverpool are in action again. Kev uh, on Sunday. West Brom at the Hawthorns already relegated against Liverpool. You know, a lot will probably depend, or will it not depend on how the result goes at Old Trafford? I mean, if, if you do, you know, lose, will they be a bit deflated then and think, OK, well, we haven't got no chance now. If they win, they're still in and they'll be going gun haul for, for the result. I think so. I think that's it. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think... If, if they do get uh, the win, and that's us not just a result, they need to get the win against Man United. I think then you could then you could see that momentum carrying on all the way through to the end of the season. And then even though we, you know, that Leicester win was so important against against Man U, um, you, you know, even then, and even though Chelsea are favourites as well, still sort of think if Liverpool were able to win all of their remaining games, my my heart says they, you know, they 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 would probably do it. So I think it's exactly that. I think win, win against United and that I would expect them to do the business here as well and extend that run, which as we said earlier has been really good. But but if it's even a draw against uh, Man United, I suspect we'll see a, a, one of those 
ugly game. And you know how it is when you're a, when you're a fan, when your team's had a... I don't mean like one of those nothing end of season games where there's nothing much to play for. I mean, when you know that you've massively underachieved and it just feels like the fag end of a season that you just want, you can tell that the players want it over as well. And they're just, you know, almost a bit embarrassed about themselves. Liverpool had that so often, you know, in that 30 years without the title, there were so many seasons where you sort of thought, well, you know, what might've been, and then the last two or three games would just be soul destroying performances, you know? So, uh, you know, you can't be negative because they might, they might beat, they might beat Man United and it might be all on, but uh, I, I, I fear the atmosphere if, uh, if if it doesn't go well against Man United. And just a mention for uh, a Big Sam who's finally gone down. Uh, okay, final game of the night. Sorry, go ahead, Fennel. I was just going to say, I think that that was a record that was always going to be tough to, to keep up with this West Brom team. They were so Jekyll and Hyde. Um, it's unfortunate for Big Sam, but who knows? Maybe we'll see him back in a year's time. Yeah, I'll always remember Big Sam fondly for those Bolton teams of JJ Akacha and Ivan Campo, you know, and Yuri Zhokayev, uh, those fantastic Bolton teams who always were putting the wind up Arsenal. Uh, final game of the night at Goodison Park, second game in a week for Everton who are, you know, again, depends on this result against Villa, but if they win that, they're surely going to win against relegated Sheffield United at home. You'd fancy them, you know, and then they're, they're in a push coming up to the last uh, week of the season, Kev. Uh, you would think, but Everton do not win at home. <laughs> it's been a long time. We've got the shocking record at home. I think we mentioned it the other week, didn't we? It's really hard to pinpoint why. Must, must look into this a bit further, why, why their home form has been so dodgy. No, I mean, joking aside, uh, against relegated you know, Sheffield United against, you know, probably the worst team um, we've seen for a while. Um, even, even they have got a good chance of doing it. So, yeah, don't, 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 don't write off European football quite yet for Everton. And that wraps it up for us on the games this week, but not from Kev. Uh, no, that's right. And in fact, my theme of, uh, of what might have been got me, um, got, got, got me thinking about how to do the poem. So here you go. Don't start that talking. I could talk all night about Nicolas Pepe cutting in from the right or Thiago at last with his glide from the left, the touch just so smooth, the finish so deft. Three games to play till the end is upon us and all I can do now is try to stay honest. You know how the pundits can never resist on giving awards for best goal, best assist, VAR's greatest hits, most shared halftime tweet, least convincing excuse for a shock home defeat. But those goals I mentioned and Williams too got me thinking of how I might do my review. So just to do something a bit less routine, I'm handing out medals for what might have been. Player of the season, that's Mr. Consistent. Once again, utterly dribble resistant. As straight as an arrow, as cool as you like. Yes, you've all guessed it, it's Virgil van Dijk. The way he came back from that keeper's assault, smoothed down his shirt, said no one was at fault. Throughout every game, he was simply immense in Liverpool's not quite successful defence. Decent, not quite enough for the title. As Spurs went on one long attacking recital, uniting the country, leavers, remainers, all just enthralled by Jose's entertainers. Kane was top scorer, his stats just unreal, and he put pen to paper on that long-term deal. I want to win trophies, you know, proper prosper, and the place to do that is at Tottenham Hotspur. As manager, though, there was no one to rival, the man you can call on to earn your survival. You pick up the phone and you say, name your price, leave the cheque blank, write his name, Allardyce. The other contender, of course, Ancelotti, whose masterstroke was signing Francesco Totti. Out of retirement at age 44, he showed us his class and scored goals galore. But the shock of the season was Pep Guardiola, who left 
left to be president of Catalonia. Just when his team was approaching perfection, he just had to go and win that damn election. City then rehired Mikel Arteta. Arsenal will cross, but first seemed to get better under new manager Ralph Hasenhutl till a nine-deal defeat that was really quite brutal. Okay, that's enough of the what might have been the product of too many lunchtime martinis. Reality bites, and it isn't as fun with City's league title now certainly won. So well done to Pep and your team in ascendance, but maybe one day if you win independence. It's not that I'm saying it's time that you went, but how's this for a title, Senor President? Please, stuff, Kev. Absolutely hilarious. This has been the Irishman, Englishman and Scotsman football podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, when you haven't hit that subscribe button, uh, give that a hit on the bottom right-hand side. There's some really good interviews on our YouTube channel. Mark Bosnich, uh, Willow Flood, who's an ex-Man City player, talks about his house being burgled by a Man City fan who apologised as he left uh, with his TV. And uh, also we have uh, some brilliant stuff from Craig McHale-Smith, the ex-Scotland and Brighton player. Thanks a lot, folks, and enjoy the games.